Is being a polymath the only way to being in the 1%? So now we over here, we obsessed with polymaths now. Um, creating what, what goes into being a polymath, what goes into being a modern day polymath. Um, and, you know, I have, a, I have a book called Polymath. And how it was defined in the book by author Peter Hollins is that a polymath is being in the top 25% in three disciplines. So, you know, so we're saying, okay, is that the only way to get into this to this mythical 1%, right? And this 1% could be in income, it could be in quality of life, it could be in whatever. But for an individual to be in that 1%, do they have to become a polymath? Well, I don't... The, the 1%, like, what what is that? Because... And I want to make sure that there are people who aren't, who are in that, that aren't polymaths. Mm-hmm. We're talking about quality of life, income, wealth. We're talking about 1% in that. It's like, there are a slew of people who are in that, that aren't, that may not be poly, polymaths. Well, okay. So, so we're talking about us. A certain type, like what? What type of one percent are we talking about? Well, I know I'm, I'm talking all the above. Honestly, I mean, obviously, income is the easiest to quantify, so we would have to, you know, start there. But I'm I'm just talking about all of the above in terms of again influence, you know, income, you know, education, um, you know, again, quality of life, whether it be higher, excellent, like. All of those things, I'm talking about all of the above, but we can we can base it in income because you know that's the most visible. Right. So the one percent in income is is what? I don't know. People who have forty five percent of their wealth. So it's like it's like four hundred five hundred thousand dollars a year in income. Okay. Puts you in the one percent, or yeah. Somewhere like that. Yeah. Yeah. Five hundred five hundred thirty eight thousand nine hundred twenty six dollars annual income. Like, mm, wait a minute. Twenty twenty average annual annual wages of top one percent of earners, which may be different from income. I don't know. It's eight hundred twenty three thousand seven hundred sixty three a year. Right. So, so you making eight hundred thousand a year? I'm saying you got to be a polymath. So you saying? Um, well, okay, yeah, okay. So people who 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 are that they are already polymaths. Yeah, like that's how you that's, that's how, how you, you get, get up there, there. right? Top twenty five percent in, in in three different because mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm reading some from from. You know, Peter Burke, Professor Emeritus of Cultural History and, and Fellow of Emmanuel College at Cambridge. Mm. You know, and, and I want I want to read this. Um he said, given given this change in the intellectual climate, it has since then been more common to find passive poly- polymaths who consume knowledge in various domains but make their reputation in one single discipline than proper polymaths 
who, through a feat of intellectual heroism, managed to make serious contributions to several disciplines. So now he's broken it down into two different types of polymaths. You got mm. passive polymaths and you got proper polymaths. Right? Proper polymaths is, is what the classical, right. you know, Ben Franklin, Da Vinci, mm. all them people. But now you have this passive polymath where, okay, can we can we go, can we use the inverse logic to say if you making eight hundred thousand dollars a year, you have to have knowledge in multiple disciplines. Even if you're even if you're only contributing to one, one single discipline, you have to be consuming knowledge in a multitude of areas. Right. Even if you're even if that income is generated through one. Exactly. Are we saying that that's can we go that way? Because then that way I that makes could. that makes it even stronger for me to say. You gotta be a polymath. Again, you look at Elon. Elon is a polymath. Right? I think Bill Gates is a polymath. I think these people these people consume knowledge in multiple areas. Even though again it's one single discipline that 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 you're making your money from, that you're contributing to the world to. How do you contribute anything of value to the world if it's not multidisciplinary? Mm, good question. And so the difference between proper and passive is consumption versus contribution. Like how much you how much you contribute in one field makes you a proper polymath. No, it is it's making serious contributions to several disciplines makes you proper polymath. Proper. Where making their reputation in one single discipline makes you a passive polymath. So it's like, yeah, I mean, but how do you again, even if it's one discipline, like how do you how do you make a serious contribution to one discipline? Something that again, that that stays that, you know, makes you live forever. Bill Belichick. Right. You can't tell me that Bill Belichick isn't consuming knowledge in multiple disciplines. Mm. I mean, one because I know how Bill Belichick grew up. Okay. Yeah, no seven languages. Right. You know. Okay. How many languages do you have to speak? Is that part of the? Is that part of the? That educational pillar of being a polymath, modern day polymath. I mean, hmm. when you say language, what do you mean? I'm talking about. Like an actual language, like English, like French. Speak, yeah. No. But I think that each discipline has its own jargon. Right? When they talk about they were talking about patois. But they have their own language, so to speak, that you have to learn. Right. So you have to speak multiple languages, but you don't have to maybe not have to speak multiple languages. Right. You don't have to be a polyglot, let's say. That's what that is. Polyglot is somebody who is fluent in multiple languages. So yeah, like Steve Jobs couldn't speak Mandarin fluently. Right. But when they come to code. When they come to code, when they come to marketing, when they come to leadership, he speaks those he's languages fluent so fluent, yeah. That he makes he probably better than he can speak English. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Same with yeah, okay. Right. So I'm looking at that saying, again, you you have to have I think you gotta have multiple sources of, of of almost expertise. Okay. Or at least again, consumption at at at, at a high level though. At a high level 
to even be con- you know to even make a reputation in a single discipline, even make you a passive polymath. Because again, he, we 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 bid with the words here, but make their reputation in one single discipline versus making serious contributions to several disciplines. So again, you does making a reputation mean you contribute something major? Not all the time. So even to just be known in a single discipline, you gotta be you gotta be with multiple sources because again, that that's what makes you different. Because if you take your three disciplines, throw in throw in your unique talent, like you're going to come out with something original. You can't make your reputation being like everybody else. So the only way you can do it is by producing something original. How do you do that if you're not combining other sources? Mm-hmm. If you're not synthesizing? Again, that's that's education 3.0 to me. Right? Because if education 1.0 was, was was being a generalist, knowing a lot about, you know, knowing a little about a lot. And education 2.0, where we at now, is specialization. You gotta specialize in one thing. Education 3.0. Is synthesizing. You got to be able to take information from multiple sources and synthesize it into one thing. Kind of combination of the two. So, I mean, I think, how do you get to that level of, of synthesizing stuff if you're not getting multiple sources? So you got to be a polymath. So, we're going to start building them. All right. That's how I want to be one. I want to be one, too. <laughs> 